As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Hey, Wellness Center creators. Let's jump right into today's episode with a bit about my favorite practice management software, Jane. You might be familiar with the name by now, but if you're not, I'd love to introduce you. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software designed to be helpful to you no matter where or how you practice. Our team here at Vancouver Wellness Studio loves Jane for how easy it was to get started, both in setting up the software back when we first started in 2019, but also with onboarding new team members. Jane offers structured onboarding for new practitioners called Jane University. This is an online course and is available on their website. It's totally free and comes complete with guided chapters, video tutorials, practice drills, and access to Jane's demo clinic to test your knowledge. It's broken into key areas you'll need to know about as you get started, like the schedule and your charting area. So by the time you finish, you'll know all the Jane basics and feel confident in your account. This course reminds me that the Jane team cares about my team's success. There are number one helpers as we grow and manage our center. If you want to get started with Jane, head on over to jane.app to learn more. Don't forget that we have a one month grace period for anyone ready to get started. Just mention the Wellness Center Creators podcast in your sign up notes and you'll see the spot. Welcome back to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today we have Dr. Lisa Lovelace joining us. I am so excited to have you, Lisa. Lisa is the founder of Synergy E-Therapy, which is one of the first fully online group practices. She started Synergy in 2006 before online therapy was as cool as it is now. Uh, she's a licensed clinical psychologist in Minnesota, Wisconsin, New York, and is registered as a telehealth provider in Florida. So. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and I love what you do and very much appreciate your support and information for everybody to expand. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And you're here today to talk to us about online group mental health practices, which I know a lot of our listeners will be interested in. So I'd love to just jump in, and if you could tell us why a therapist might want to build an online group practice. Yes, it's a great question, and I know you talk a lot about this too with expanding of like, why do you want to expand? And I created a five-day challenge a long time ago, and one of the very first challenges is why. Why do you want to do this? And it gets people thinking um, about their life clinically and personally, because it's one thing to have a solo practice. It's a lot of work. 
Um, you get to be your own boss. You run the show. Um, there's not a lot of extra distractions unless you have insurance issues or, <laughs> you know, like apps or different things with your medical record issues. But when you want to expand, you are bringing on, whether it's an independent contractor or a W-2 employee, you have now another person and their clients and their work that you have to be the boss for, the supervisor for perhaps. And that takes a whole host of extra work and skills. Expanding is something that I hope people don't take lightly. Many do because they feel like they're full. I have 25 clients every week and I have a waiting list that is super long. And so I think that it would be great to make some quote unquote passive income is what I hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like passive income. Okay. Um, it's different income, but it's certainly very active, but it's not clinical income is what I say. And so that's usually the main reason. And I hear other people just talking about that desire to just have more novelty in their day-to-day work. As you know, owning a business, you put on 3000 hats a day. And so people have to kind of initially want to have that responsibility and like learning about business and money and accounting and finance and hiring. And, you know, you go down the list, marketing and all the things you become a website builder, you become an SEO expert, you, you become <laughs> expert and everything, learning from the people you hire to help you grow. So, you know, I, I think those are the two main reasons is financial, financially, and then just the diversity. Absolutely. And I think you really, that's the key there for any entrepreneur, but as you're expanding yeah. out, right, is it's it is important that you are interested and excited about learning new things in the different parts mm-hmm. of the business so that it doesn't feel like a burden. Because it, it, it can be very overwhelming. And if you don't like that, like there's certain parts you're going to like more than others. But if you really hate most of business, then (laughs) either, you know, don't do it or, you know, partner up with somebody and that brings other challenges. But, you know, partner up with somebody that has opposite skills as you. So if you are more like, I like the clinical supervision and somebody else is like, I like the business and you think you could work together, then maybe that's an option. But you do have to know yourself before you Mm -hmm. get into it as much as possible. And you learn along the way and some people will start and expand and they're like, nope this is not for me. I don't like it. And other people will not know if they like it or not until they start and they love it. So sometimes you have to just try it and know that you can always change. That's true. And so in that same vein, what have you found to be the pros and cons of owning particularly an online group practice? Mm, Well, I'm going to say my list of pros is much longer than my list of cons. (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) Um, uh, Thank goodness, uh, you know, still after all these years. The list of pros for a fully online practice, number one, is just that freedom that you can be anywhere. You can be at home, you can be on vacation, you can manage the business from anywhere. Um, Number two is you don't have the overhead of a brick and mortar space. And as we know, comes insurance, comes toilet paper, comes slips and falls, comes, you know, decorating. And some people are going to want that and love that. And that's amazing. I could not even imagine having that responsibility on top of all my other ones. So I just kudos to people who have in-person clinics and in general, because that's a lot of work. So financially, you get a little bit of a break um, without having the rent. 
And I think the pros are that we can expand our reach. So I have a business that is multiple states with clinicians in lots of different states and including SIPACT. Four of us psychologists are now in SIPACT in my group. And so, you know, we can reach those that were licensed. I think we're fully licensed, um, many of us multiply licensed in maybe 16 states. And then when you add SIPACT, it's like 30 some states and they're always growing. So wow, our that's amazing. Much yeah, it's bigger. So I, I think those are, yeah, some of the pros that come to the top of my mind. Of course, there's a lot more, but I think some of the cons for some people is it's going to feel more distant. So you have to have more intentional engagement with your team, whatever that looks like. You kind of have to stay on top of things like privacy policies and security and procedures and making sure they're, you know, they're remote. So are they setting their phone correctly, their computers correctly, so that they're not working in a coffee shop on some random Wi-Fi and and they're doing a session and people can hear. So you have less control. And I, I think too, one of the cons could be just not knowing how to hire remotely well. And that takes learning. It takes a lot of experience of failing (laughs) miserably um, and learning from that. And so I think sometimes people just think it's the same as hiring in person. And there are nuances to that. So I could probably keep going on a few more um, of those, but I think those are the ones that come to mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how would you go about hiring a remote therapist and do you ever see them? Do you ever interview them in person? And how does that go? And what are your recommendations? Yeah, hiring has been a major topic in the past, I'd say several months, maybe the past year. Hiring has been very interesting. I created this Facebook group solely for the purpose of connecting therapists looking for remote jobs, or whoever, you know, any kind of group practice jobs to um, the group practice owners and vice versa for group practice owners to market to potential clinicians because people don't realize that there are hybrid or fully remote groups versus like the big hubs we don't need to name some better than others. Um, (laughs) Don't get me started on that tangent. That that could be a whole nother episode. (laughs) That could be. And so I I created this Facebook group to connect people so that there was a space. I was seeing it all over the place in Facebook groups of like, which is better, this hub or this hub? And I'm like, please go look for an actual online group practice owner who will take care of you so much better and you will be supported in so many ways. So, I mean, that was a space that I created. And then from there, listening and watching on social media, all the stuck points, I created a free hiring checklist. I can actually send that to you, Kendall, and you can distribute that if you'd like. Um, I don't think I did that already, but it's a free hiring checklist and it walks people through personal things you can ask, professional things, more remote type things you can ask during an interview and just the process of observation from the very beginning when somebody sends you their resume or a cover letter or a video Um, If you have a phone call, if you have video interviews and how many you should do, all this obviously is up to you, but you're going to need a little bit more. Most people don't do in-person interviews for remote jobs, but if you can, that'd be great. Um, You can meet and connect that and establish that rapport if you're not too far away from them physically in location, but most are doing remote And um, you really have to pay attention to some of the elements about privacy policy, security. What do they know about HIPAA? What do they know about telehealth? People are assuming that therapists know it all because we've been in the pandemic for two years. 
I'm promising you, you will be shocked to see what people are doing or don't do when it comes to telehealth because- Oh, absolutely. You see that too. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to train you. (laughs) Well, it's just like anything. I mean, there's specific training for telehealth. And this is something I was thinking about before we, Mm. you know, as we were getting ready for our interview is that before COVID, you know, telehealth mental health counseling Mm -hmm. was not, I mean, you were really doing this before it was cool before. And it really, and it, and I think you would agree with me. I mean, I was trained in in my master's, like it was a little bit frowned upon to do because hundred oh, percent because they I think we didn't know enough about it and there wasn't training for it. And so we mm-hmm. were sort of told like stay away from telehealth as a mental health provider. Yeah. And then came COVID and we and I'll just speak for myself and even for my team here because they would we all had this experience where it was sort of we realized wow this is actually extremely effective if done properly and so and there's so much to know there's so much to know mm-hmm. and so in our state and I imagine in a lot of states in the US you know it became a requirement to then do training in telehealth but I think if you're doing it and you can speak to this more, right? If you're, if you're really doing this long term, there needs to be much more mm-hmm. advanced training and there's mm-hmm. really a, there's a lot of layers to it. I agree with you. And I, I think that we have to assess when we're hiring somebody, what they do. So how do they gather the address, you know, at the beginning, do they do phone or is it video? How do you know it's that person? How do you, do you do just texting? You know, there's so many layers to that. How's their camera set up? Are they driving? Are they sleeping and smoking cigarettes? Like, it, it, it's been very fun to kind of laugh a little bit at all the interesting things that have happened during telehealth. <laughs> and that could be another segment too. So, yeah. you know, helping to understand, like, how much am I going to have to train a fully licensed clinician on some of these aspects? And you kind of have to take that into consideration and, and just, you know, what is their engagement in our community, our group practice? How are they going to engage? How am I going to know if they're struggling? What are going to be the ways? Because I'm not going to see them in person to see their affect or, you know, maybe we don't talk a lot or whatever the case might be. What if they are struggling? How are they going to let you know? So communication and being forthcoming or having that like initiative is going to be very important in choosing somebody to come into your group practice and and all the other things that we teach people, of course, with lining with your mission. But this is very specific to remote. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'd love to, if you could share with the audience just more about how you help other therapists accomplish this goal of opening their online group practice. And then I know um, you have your foundations course that I'd love to just hear more about as well. Yes. Well, thank you for asking about it. Um, Coming up here at the end of April, I don't know when this one will be aired, but at the end of April, 26, 27, and 28, there is a free in my Facebook group. We're going to be streaming live. It's going to be free four-part series on hiring. So there's four different types of people, including myself, and we are going to have kind of more like a workshop-y kind of a thing where we're going to help you kind of get going with what needs to happen with hiring. So really understanding who you are, learning about the legal aspect. I have a lawyer coming in, learning about policies and procedures. My cork tree, they're coming in, 
and um, how to onboard a little more effectively in order to then kind of scale. Because these these are some pretty big questions that people have. So we're leading into that is the foundation's course launch. I only launch twice a year. That opens the same day. And there's many aspects to the foundations. We have just the, it's like $37 for a five-day challenge. And then going up from there, we have like a mini course, which is only like 10 lessons from my main course. And then we have the big course, which is like 40 some lessons. And it's an on-demand style with lots of videos, with lots of experts. I go through and explain the process and kind of the motherboard of my diagram that I created. And then we kind of spin off off from there. Lots of links and resources and downloads. And then we have policies and procedures only for people if they just need some templates to start. And then we have like, get me all together. It's like, give me all of this, plus a (laughs) one-on-one with you, plus six months of Voxer support, which is like a walkie-talkie back and forth conversation all the time. We go days and days and days for six months. And there's, there's all of that. So there's something for everybody. If you're thinking about starting and you just don't really know if it's for you or you're like, I need to get this going and I want to be fully remote. Um, and you know, obviously if they're with you, they're thinking or wanting to do the expansion with wellness. So it's like, you know, there's lots of options here for how to get started. And this is just one of them. If they're thinking of an online group practice or a hybrid too. Sounds amazing. And you know, this is a, Lisa, this is the first time you and I are meeting and yes. I'm, I'm so glad to meet you. I've seen you around, you know, the virtual space <laughs> the quite <laughs> in the social world quite a bit. And, um, just for the audience to know, I'm sure the audience has seen you around as well, but it, you, you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing in this space. And I think this offering sounds so wonderful. And I know you wanted to also give away one of your checklists to our listeners. The, yes, yes. The free checklist. Yep. I have I have the free checklist that I'm going to give away and I'm going to add to it the free hiring checklist. Now I have two. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to give you both of those so your audience can have both of those and you know, they can sign up for it, getting into the Facebook group if they want. It's called How to Build an Online Therapy Group Practice. You can just request to join. That's where we're going live. It's free. Tons of information just pops up. Learn from other people. Um, follow along in the four day um, in the four part workshop at the end of the month. And, um, you know, whatever I can do to help support you, um, we're here and there's lots of people to learn from. So if you can't or are not ready to spend financially, there's so many free options. Don't let it stop you from getting started. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Lisa. It was so great to have you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Plus, if you do have time, please subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. That will help other people find us. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.